When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the True Blue podcast uh, from the Chester Chronicle, bringing you all the latest uh, reaction and opinion from uh, everything down at the Swansway Chester Stadium. Um, first show of the new season, uh, the National League North campaign is a few weeks old, and uh, it's fair to say it's been a very, very uh, busy time for the Blues. Um, joining me this afternoon are, is uh, the the Chronicles Blues reporter Dave Powell and um, Jim Green, formerly of this uh, of this parish, uh, the chief executive of the Chester FC um, Community Trust. Um, got lots to talk about over the next um, half hour or so. Uh, loads of topics to uh, to get through. Um, but we'll we'll start off with kind of the, the breaking news of the of the day. Um, at noon today, it was confirmed that. Uh, uh, Saturday's game against FC United of uh, Manchester um, has been called off. Um, this, I'm sure everyone will have uh, seen the, the pictures by now, but um, there's been damage to the Swansea Chester Stadium as a result of a uh, torrential downpour over the uh, over the weekend. Um, we'll talk about it a bit more in a bit more detail. But um, Dave, obviously, you, do you want to um, give us a bit of a, a, the latest on on that situation and how we've come to this um, how we've come to this point with the game being being called off? It's a classic Chester, isn't it? <laughs> eight one shoeing on Saturday, followed by uh, <laughs> by a torrential downpour on Sunday, um, which has led to kind of water ingress in the control room, PA room, um, and well, the pictures I saw some comments on social media in the aftermath of it saying, "Oh, it's just a few." Few, few polystyrene ceiling tiles. What's the worry? It's the water damage which has been caused to the uh, electrical mm. equipment, notably and most critically, kind of the um, the mains board, uh, which affects the CCTV. Without any CCTV and working public address system, there is no safety certificate, which means there is no ability to host home games. So, um, from what I can gather, <coughs> insurers have been uh, in constant dialogue, and now we're. We're into Thursday. Um, game game is obviously off Kidderminster Tuesday. Saturday's game everywhere has to dry out before any kind of work can be be done. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then obviously you, once that happens, you've got to get people in to assess the level of damage, whether things need repairing, replacing, um, and that's not a, a swift process. I mean that takes time. How long? Uh, it, it's a piece of string, you know. It's uh, yeah. you play, take these things um, as they come. I know um, there are people down the ground tomorrow for the CCTV providers who should be able to give a bit more insight in terms of what needs to be done um, level of damage and, and, and whatnot. but uh, uh, I mean Jim was down Jim works down there day to day you'll probably be able to give us a bit more perspective as what you've had to kind of work with because East Stand has been closed all all week hasn't it yeah really um, so I got a I got a, a sort of video sent to me on Monday morning, about half eight, a couple of our coaches had gone to the stadium to pick up some equipment for the soccer school. Um, got a video saying that we, we've had a leak, uh, and at the time didn't really realise how bad it was. We've you know we've had sort of minor leaks over the years. Sort of, I've been about eight years now. Nothing, nothing serious, and that's really come from where you've had a torrential uh, rain over a period of days. But obviously, this was just sort of an hour on Sunday evening, really. Um, 
and it was only when we got down there that we realised quite how serious it was. Um, it was pretty evident that a substantial amount of water had sort of entered the, the office block, if you like, particularly on the first floor, um, and then sort of cascaded down to areas of the ground floor. So you're talking about a lot, a lot of water in a short period of time. Um, and it was also you know, evident from looking at the equipment that the water had, had entered some of the uh, some of the technology in there. Um, so it was all kind of all hands on, on deck and it, obviously everybody's got the, you know jobs and a lot of volunteers but people were down there sort of pitching in as they could on Monday um, I have to say the chairman was top draw utilising his business contacts um, to sort of get people down there as quickly as, as quickly as they could uh, I went round with the electrician uh, and he sort of traced back some, what had potentially happened um, and as soon as he opened the mains board on the first floor you could see that there was water all over it um, obviously, water and electric not a good mix. Yeah. Um, so it is a it is a you know very very serious matter. So. Yeah, it's it's certainly not um, you know a five minute uh, job uh, a quick turnaround open like that um, from from what we see and uh, as we know water and electricity are two things which definitely don't mix um, and it's not a simple process. So uh, I think it's just we're gonna have to wait and see what happens over the um, the, the coming days. Just um, from me, what has been in terms of what cause I know you've got the. Uh, the stadium is 25 years old now. It's a difficult place to see what's gone up there. Has there been any more in terms of what the actual fault was at the, on the roof? No, I mean I I don't fully understand uh, the mechanics of the stadium and the drainage. Yeah. Um, but as I understand it, there is a a gully which collects water from the roof, um, and gen- generally that gully works works well. Um, I mean, I was sitting at home on Sunday night listening to Tom Jones um, in, in my garden. He wasn't actually in my garden. He was at the race course. <laughs> but I was sitting in my garden listening to him. Um, and I could see that there were you know, some black clouds coming and it, it really did you know, belt down for, for a period of time. Um, I, I guess we're all making assumptions and trying to guess what happened, but clearly the, the gully has overflown, which I think just because of the sheer volume of water that fell in that short space of time. Um, and that gully by overflowing is lit, you know, has come down on top of the ceiling. The ceiling tiles, some of them are probably original ceiling tiles, so they're, they're knocking on now. Um, but once ceiling tiles get wet, then they, they just buckle and collapse down. And then unfortunately, the water is falling directly onto onto the equipment. So I'm sure that'll all come out in the fullness of time. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Of course. Um, okay, well, we'll we'll move on now um, to actual matters on the pitch, um, which is uh, always always good to talk about. Um, obviously, this, we've had three games so far in the National League North, and um, the first two were, were generally, you know, very very positive. Uh, an opening day draw against um, Spennymoor Town um, at, at home to, uh, to start the season off, and then uh, of course three 0 away win against um, Curzon Ashton um, to get the uh, the season truly up and up and running. Um, which makes uh, the events of last Saturday um, all the more um, well struggling to see where that that came from. Really, I mean, Dave, you were you were there for your, for your sins um, for us on on Saturday. Um, was that something that you saw coming after such a, a positive start to the season, the first few games and, and the preseason? No, gosh, I mean, I, if you would have had that scoreline. Offered the offered the odds of five hundred to one, thousand to one to start play on Saturday. You'd be, you'd you wouldn't be have touched it with a barge pole. No, um, it was just one of those. I mean, seen him before, but by the time I, well, with a couple of minutes to go on Saturday, I'd already kind of written the intro, and I kind of thought, oh, it's all right. I know the last time we lost seven one, 
2000 against Brighton and Nova Albion, Bobby Zamora scores that trick. Um, and I was in, in the Harry Mack, well, I called the Harry Mack then, but I was, um, and I was picked in the back of the uh, following, well, the Monday's leader, just looking proper glum. Um, and I thought, oh, it's all right, you know, it's only 18 years, you know. Part, well, that eighth goal goes in, then that 18 years becomes 56 years, and then it's hard to, to pass that off it's hard to make too many um, excuses about it or ignore it you know it's uh, it's just one of those strange kind of football matches you watch where you you just can't can't quite fathom what you're, mm. you're seeing I mean Blythe just exploited um, exploited our weaknesses uh, really at the back and once once the floodgates have opened um, we struggle to, to kind of hold back the tide um, and then it gets to the point of when it's 3 nil at half time so you're kind of going in mm. the break and if you get the first goal after the break at 3 nil, give yourself a bit of a chance um, but then it's 4 nil. Um, was it 4 nil just before Gary Roberts gets sent off or just after? I think it was just before just, just before, before yeah, wasn't yeah. it and then Gary Roberts gets sent yeah, off and they score again. yeah and then they're in the process of making a substitution mm. when Gary gets sent off so mm. that substitution obviously would, would would have changed changed a bit of the shape, um, but once it gets to four nil, um, and then Gary Roberts goes, then everything kind of just just went out the window. Um, it's hard to pass it off as anything. I can't. It's hard to pull it apart because I just don't know what happened. I mean, the managers, uh, kind of uh, Bernard and John Wood themselves, and the players are all kind of a bit still at a loss as to mm. as to just why. It was allowed to happen, but you know, it's the benefit of football. You always get another game. Yeah. Um, but it's just the problem being that our, our other game has yet to arrive. When that might, game will actually be till uh, <laughs> till Telford a week on Saturday. But um, but I, I don't know. It, it is the answer? I mean, yeah. if you were to ask me what went wrong, it's it's just it's just a, a freak result. I can only hope looking at. Past experiences of Macclesfield were beaten 6-0 at Fylde last season. They win the title. Mm. Oldshot were beaten 7. 7-1 last season. Mm. Fylde again? I think so, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, they make the playoffs. Tranmere giving a shoe in. Mm. I think that was at Fylde as well. Mm. Um, and Solihull, when they won the National League North, they lost 7-0 while they were top of the league. So it's just... There is there is previews for this yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah. But... Um, it's just how it looks and the fact that the club after such a positive start have, have been made a bit of a laughing stock um, nationally but I mean you, you take your medicine the managers and the players acknowledge that yeah. and um, you know hopefully we'll be able to look back on this with a bit of a yeah. bit of a wry smile at the end of it I mean Jim was there with his, with his little girl as well yeah her blues debut on the road it's um, yeah I hope for her sake that's uh, <laughs> that's the, the worst that she uh, she sees Jim I mean you obviously there as well um, you know obviously football Thoughts on it from from being from inside the club? How are people at the moment? Um, it's I think because the start of the season it sort of offered so much encouragement, and then obviously Monday night we you know we had a fantastic travelling support occurs and mm. professional performance, three 0 win, not conceded a goal in two games, um, and you look at the players that've been brought in, there's a lot of experience defensively, and you think that's going to be your foundation, and then you go to Blythe who've I think lost both uh, opening games. Um, again, a great support. Again, probably 250, 300 made the made the trip north. 
Um, and there'd been nothing in those first two games, really. I know there'd been a, you know the odd chance to the opposition, but nothing really to suggest that you're going to be carved open. And it, I mean, it was brutal. It was it was brutal to watch because every time Blythe got the, got into our half, they looked like they were going to score. I mean, I, I said some ten ten one wouldn't have been unfair. Ten nil wouldn't have been unfair, really. Um, it it was that easy for them. Um, and I'm sure the the players are are feeling it as, as much as anybody. Um, and I, I mean, I think we're fortunate that we've got strong characters in the dugout. We've got strong characters in the dressing room. Mm. Um, a lot of them have probably never had a result or never been in a game like that. So it's going to be a new experience for them. But you hope that character and resolve that they've developed, you know, uh, over time and as a part, part of their personality will help them deal with it because mm. you do have to deal with it. And then you have to move on because, you know, as in football, games come thick and fast unless you've got water ingress in your stadium um, <laughs> but what that does mean is that those game, the league will want to rearrange mm. the Kidderminster and FC United game as quickly as they can um, you know you're going to Telford where you've got a game on a Saturday game on a Monday so, uh, against Hereford and Bank Holiday hopefully um, so there's no time for sort of dwelling on it or you know th- finger pointing you just have to move on uh, as Dave says hope it's a one off yeah. and a freak um, and just look forward as positively as you can. Yeah, and I thought, you know, I was um, doing the live blog um, in the evening uh, with yourself, Dave, and obviously, you know, look, reacting to Anthony Johnson's, um, you know, post-match interview, obviously very frank, passionate, candid, as as, as we know um, he is. Um, I know you've spoken to Bernard since since then as well. Um, it's Is it fair to say it's their first, you know, kind of real challenge as Chester bosses since they've come in because there's been a, obviously they're coming on a, on a crest of a wave, a wave of positivity um, surrounding the club um, and this is like the first proper challenge on the pitch that they've had to really encounter yeah definitely I mean um, <clears throat> they're, they're not they're not characters who are, who are averse to challenge and they've been challenged in the past I mean they work for Gary Neville in the class of 92 yeah. and the notorious taskmasters but I mean not Obviously, the difference being here is there is a, a fan base of, of expectation. I mean, obviously, we, we don't have the expectations of Chester's season that the bookies have this season. No. Um, let's get that right. You know, a competitive season with us competing at the right end and making a fist of it is would be seen as a big success after what's what's passed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they've taken it personally. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, because they know themselves. They, they pick the team and the book stops with them and... Did speak to, to Bernard today, and he obviously said it's um, there's an element of of a, of a football fan base out there that kind of want them to fail mm. um, for for reasons unknown. You know, it's just it's just the way football fandom is in some yeah. some respects, um, and they've got to deal with that. And that I think they are, as Jim touched on, they're strong characters who are adept at dealing with difficult situations. So. You back them to come out the right side of it, but it's um, yeah. I mean, look, oh, the past two years or so, I mean, post-match interviews often, which has been much the anger of some sections of the fan base, is there hasn't been an acknowledgement hmm. of how bad what has been in on the pitch. But by the managers, sometimes you know they kind of come up and they make excuses for it. I mean, no one could have made excuses for no, it no. on Saturday, and they didn't try and make excuses no. for it. You know, and obviously the the line gets picked up of rip up your contracts, this, that, and the other. I mean, perhaps that's been taken taken too literally. You know, there's obviously the, 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 I, I certainly think there's there's players now who will be aware that they are on shaky ground, and they mm. they certainly have to impress. And not only 
win back some of the managers' trust, but also realise that questions will be asked of them, asked of them by a fan base. I mean, because this is, you know, for all all the trouble and turbulent times you've been through and the tumult, it's we are still a fan base that identifies with being a big side and, and a football league side and holding our players to account, and that will be the same here. I mean. A lot of players come have come to the football club because of that. I mean, because there is that. This is, for all intents and purposes, the way you know. There's, there's a football league set up here in a football league stadium, fan base, um, but and it's it's a perfect place for, for players who want to challenge themselves and, and move up to, to come. But obviously, comes what comes with that is expectation, um, it, and it's how it's, they deal with that in the coming weeks. I mean, we it's impossible to pass off. Saturday and just forget about it until we've got had another couple of games mm. so you see how they iron out what's been how they deal with it my, my gut feeling is it will be they will deal with it well but I can't yeah you know, I, I can't determine that until you see him play again but that's just my gut feeling and I'd be interested to see what Jim thinks on that yeah yeah I, I think I guess the important thing to remember is it is a new team um, you know massive Sort of exodus of players at the end of last season. Um, you know, the manager explained the reasons for that, and I think the fans accept that and agreed that we needed a clean slate. Um, so we had, you know, a handful of players retained from last season, um, and it takes time. It takes time for the, the sort of squad to to settle and to find itself, and it takes more time for the team to settle on on the pitch. Um, there's been a lot of talk about tactics and the shape of the team. Um, obviously. I think you know managers have sort of nailed their colours to the mast in terms of three at the back during pre-season. Mm. Um, seems to be working well. You then start the season with a, a draw and a win, and everybody thinks, yeah, it's working. You then get a shellacking, eight-one, and everybody says, no, it's not working. Rip it up, go back to four. Um, but it's about having the players to fit. Do, do you have the players to fit the system, or do you choose a system to fit the players? And I guess that's going to take a bit of time. Because um, there's been players who've maybe been tried in unfamiliar positions, not quite worked, so you have to revisit that. Um, so I think it was always going to be a process, and I think it's important for us as fans to to sort of acknowledge that and remember that um, this isn't this isn't a team that you know the bookies are saying is going to win the win the league hmm. straight away. We, we may well, I sincerely hope we do, um, but I think the reality and most fans sort of accept that is that. It's a team that's probably going to improve as the season goes on, yeah, uh, and become more and more competitive as the season goes on. And I guess don't. I suppose what I'm saying is don't panic. Don't you know throw the baby out of the bathwater after yeah. one result. Yes, terrible result, terrible performance. But let's judge the let's judge the managers and judge the players over the fullness of time. Yeah. And what I would say is that I mean by their own admission they stated this very early on. Their sides of Anthony Johnson and Bernard Morley over the past. Nine years, they won once on the opening day as managers, and last year I think they had one win after ten games. They go on to win the league. Yeah. But, um, so they they acknowledge their not not poor starters because you, you plan for, to succeed from the off, don't you? But there is previous evidence to suggest they are they set out a team which grows as the process goes on and. Hopefully that's going to be the case. Yeah, the I mean, league leagues as we all know, they're marathons, um, they're not sprints, and um, you know, you kind of after you know ten, twelve games, um, you know, just kind of before then, there's kind of not. I don't think there's much point of looking at a table really because it's only after that really that you see 
you know where you are as a team and who's going to be you know realistically challenging for promotion, winning the title, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I think we'd all feel a bit better if we'd had another game to kind of like you know get get that performance um, and that result out of the system, so to speak, and get back to work. But obviously, that that hasn't happened due to um, Mother Nature taking its uh, toll uh, on the stadium. Um, the Kidderminster game's been rearranged for next Tuesday um, at present. I mean, Jim, when, so- when something like that happens, um, you know, what kind of, with a very quick turnaround, what what kind of discussions take place at a club to, to rearrange a fixture like that on such short notice? I, get, I, sp- I mean, I suppose I'm not directly involved in that, so, it, it, I mean, I can try and sort of answer it and give some context. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I think ultimately the important thing here is that the club uh, have procedures to follow. Um, I get the impatience from mm. our supporters, supporters of other clubs, in terms of wanting to know what's happening. Yeah. Um, but the, the the club have to talk to the opposition and crucially have to be, talk and be guided by the league. Um, and anything that we announce or agree has to be done in conjunction with the league. Mm. Um, because if you don't do that, then you leave yourself open to to, to punishment, um, you know, in whatever form that may take. Um, I know the board. It's been a really testing week for everybody at the football club, from the board down to the staff to the volunteers. Um, and I have to say, the volunteers this week uh, I've been in, and you know, some of them are. I'm just rather forgive me for saying are 70, 80 years of age, and they've been in there. You know, working tirelessly to clean up mm. the sort of debris and damage, but that's going to be a, a long process. So there's, yes, from a football perspective, we've got games that we that we that we need to play. We have mm. to play, um, and so they're in constant dialogue with the league and with the opposition about how best to, to manage that. Um, but equally, we've got to try and get that stadium up and running again because at the mm. moment it's closed. You know, yeah. everything is is closed down. We're fortunate that we've been able to sort of restore. Um, email and you know IT access for people uh, and the phone's been diverted I think to the to the chairman's mobile <laughs> that tells you a lot about that's a guy who you know, runs his own business as well. a lot of credit, yeah. credit to David yeah. Yeah. So his phone's have been going off the hook yeah, yeah so it's days, it's a massive challenge and again it's a club that has got a you know mini school paid staff mm. Um so and this so these are all volunteers again who are, who are sort of doing the best they can in the circumstances Um so it's a challenge, but I think they're they're doing things properly, and that's the important thing. The cost to reward points on your card must be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, um, obviously, there's going to be a bit of frustration when when things like this happening from a, a fan's perspective, and particularly after a game like Saturday, you just want the next game to come really, and um, you know, see, you know, see how the team reacts to that, I guess. Um, but you know, Dave, as you as you've highlighted at the, at the start, all the the issues that have been effect, uh, had an impact on staying because of this rain. It's not a quick job, and the club have got to do you know the right thing um, regarding it. Um, but I, I suppose it's kind of a, I get it's a bit frustrating because like you know the pitch there, it's in it's in perfect shape. You know, it's a, you know yeah, I mean, playing surface is yeah, it's fine. As Mike Barry, the groundsman, would attest, I mean, another couple of weeks, and I think um, the pitch will be as he wants it. Almost um, still. A little bit of knitting to be done in a couple of places, but um, with the rainfall that we've had and things, I mean, the pitch is, per- you know, it, it, it's like a bowling green at the moment, but it's mm. only going to get even more more luscious over the next couple of weeks and and, and uh, be like, like I say where he wants it. But yeah, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? Last most, most clubs have, um, I mean, we had issues last start of last season with uh, Solihull um, mm. not getting their um, issues over the safety certificate there. Um, obviously, they had a 
summer to, to kind of get that in order apparently and, but then obviously we go to Eastleigh problems with the pitch when mm. we get there so these things aren't aren't they, they throw up you know they, they turn up once yeah. once every now and again but what I would say is that I know some it's certainly been levelled at the football club in the past 12 months or so about communication I mean by myself as well but I think they've done very well um over this this period, um, I know this, and I know I get the need and the desire for people to want to know exactly what's happening, yeah. causes for this, that, and the other, right, right down to the nth degree. I get that, but like Jim touched on before, there's procedures which the football club have to follow, mm. um, because you've got to play things by the book and play you know, and, and, and and completely follow protocol, which they are doing. So, look, I mean, everyone wants to, wanted the game on on Tuesday because you. For, for reasons for, for for the managers, they want the team to get back out on the pitch to play. I get that. This Saturday, of course, the football club would have wanted it on because a it's a game which Chester would look at as being very winnable, but also it's a Saturday game with FC United, who bring great travelling support. Fans, yeah. And move if that gets moved to a Tuesday, which I imagine it would. It depends what happens if with FA Cup um, things happening over the next course of the next couple of months. I don't know. Maybe there might be free Saturdays. I don't know. But if that's on a Tuesday you'd expect that game is less. So it's not in Chester's best interest to, to call the game off. They want that game on, but mm. there's, there's nothing you can do. Until, no. until until it's safe, until it's been repaired, until it's been signed off, there's nothing they can do. So it's a case of just hopefully it'll be a quick turnaround, but it's it, it's you, you're, at the, uh, you're at the behest of others, so uh, we shall see. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that you, you can't rush these things and you've got to do, do things properly. So... Um, Hopefully, um, you know. Looking forward to potentially Tuesday's game. Is there any? Do we know any? If anything will be done by the time uh, Tuesday comes around, that's when the Kidderminster game has been rearranged, or is is that a, you know threat of potentially being rescheduled um, again for? for be done in terms of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there's there's people coming in. I mean, Jim, Jim will attest yeah. to the fact tomorrow that, that I think people at CCTV and um, mm. a public address. Uh, Suppliers, so they'll be able to give a, a clearer picture, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's probably fair to say that in the next 48 hours, you'll have a better idea about Tuesday. It's mm. you know, things are constantly moving, and um, when we went in on Monday, um, it, we quickly realised that this wasn't uh, a few ceiling tiles and a bit of wet carpet, as some people might have suggested. Um, and it wasn't just a case of a, a sort of minor clean up, it was you know, significant damage caused to the stadium infrastructure. Um, therefore, it was, you know, we had to um, sort of engage with our insurers. Um, that takes time. Uh, they obviously need to be satisfied that the damage that you—it's just like when you claim on your car insurance or your house insurance—that yeah. you know, yeah, you've you've got to evidence the the damage, and there needs to be some uh, record of that. So that sort of held things up for a couple of hours, and it was literally a couple of hours before we were able to get things moving. Um, and I think it's developed through the week. I think there have been people at the ground today looking at various things. There are people there again tomorrow. There'll probably be people there over the weekend. Um, but Tuesday will come round quickly, so I, th- I guess we'll know more, as I say, in the next 48 hours. 48 hours. Well, I know from the clubs that I know are keen to, to avoid any um, late cancellation as well. Um, so hopefully, um, we'll, as soon as we get, as soon as the club have an idea what's going to happen, yeah. we need to answer the 
they'll be pretty 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 swift in terms of a response. Yeah, yeah. We, we obviously, you know, you've got to give. Um, it's, it's always best if you can give as much um, notice as possible because you know people got you know travel plans and um, you know Kidderminster to Chester. It's not um, it's not exactly you know five minute drive. It's yeah. uh, you know it's a it's a fair old uh, distance. Um, I mean, with the the games obviously being. Um, called off on Tuesday, last Tuesday and obviously Saturday I mean if had Tuesday had gone ahead obviously with the part time playing structure in place it's, I don't believe there would have been any training sessions for Bernard and Jono really to get out there on the on the pitch with the lads so in, in some ways if we can try and get a positive out of it is the fact that you know Bernard and Jono now have a bit of time to work with the players a bit more and you know you really work out you know what went wrong and try to find solutions to try and fix any of it Issues which have um, which have shown themselves on Saturday. Yeah, I, I honestly think on Tuesday if they would have played, they would have been pragmatic and and maybe changed the shape, if only to to be different from the weekend and to to be seen to not be obtuse, I suppose. You know, mm. so it's. Um, but from a player's point of view, I don't know. I've not played the game professionally, semi-professionally, so. But I'd imagine. Um, the players would have wanted to get straight back out there mm. while it's still fresh in their minds, still raw, and show that's not what they're about. Yeah. Um, if it is too, if it is, if it does become two weeks till they have another game at Telford, do they stew on that for the two weeks, or does that does it become a positive thing because you've got more time to work on something different? Or I don't know. Um, it, it's very much that's where you, your managers come in and, and how they deal with things, isn't it? But. I don't know. From a player's point of view, I'd imagine the earlier they would have wanted a game, the better. Yeah, Jimmy, something that you, something you, you would echo. Yeah, well. I think, I think what you look at now is that we're in a situation where we're two games behind the rest of the league. Mm. Might, might extend to three. We don't know. Um, that's not a position you want to be in at the end of August, playing catch up already in terms of games, because um, it is already a congested fixture list and, and hopefully we'll do well in the cups and it'll become more congested but mm. you know you don't really want to be in that situation but you are so you need to make the most of it um, like Dave our football career has never quite reached the, the, the pinnacle but I suspect and I think whenever you talk to, to you know in this job you talk to footballers and they often roll out some of the cliches but they mm. often say that you want to get back on horse, so to speak, and I think probably true for the managers because everybody was hurting after after Saturday. If you go out and if, if they'd have gone out on Tuesday and won, you know it's one nil, two nil. Yeah. People aren't going to forget about Saturday, but then it sort of backs up the theory that it is a freak result. Um, equally, if you go out on Tuesday and you get beat four nil, then people will start to point more fingers at you. So it can work both ways. As I say, I suspect they probably just wanted to play and sort of get out of the system. And they've not been able to do that, so I guess they're as, fr- as frustrated as, as everybody else. But I'm a big believer in always trying to remain positive and you know look on the bright side, so to speak. So they've had this opportunity. They train Tuesday, I believe they're training tonight, Thursday. So there's two sessions there that they can talk about as a group because they probably will need to talk about it, um, and they can try and address it. And if they decide to change a shape or change personnel, and at least they've had some time on the training ground to do that. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I agree that they. Yeah, obviously, having a bit more time on the training ground is clearly going to help in the aftermath of um, of something like that. And then um, hopefully, we don't have to wait um, too long um, until we can actually see um, the Blues in action. Um, start to wrap it up um, now. Um, I'll just ask you both generally for 
your general thoughts on how what have Dave have you um, have you seen enough uh, from this Chester FC team to suggest that um, they're going in the in the right direction? I know that the bookies have got you know their own view that you know that Chester are title favourites and all that kind did. of stuff. But, or did or did <laughs> yeah, I should say? I think there's, I think there's <laughs> six to one odds that have drifted out to twelve. To yeah, one. but are, are you confident from in spite of um, of, of, of Saturday you've, you've seen enough to suggest it's going to be a positive season? Yeah. Truthfully, I, I don't know. Um, my heart, well, yeah, I think yes. Mm. But I, until another game happens, I can't write it off and pass it off as being just a freak result. No. Um, <clears throat> what I would say is that in this squad, there are probably more promotion winners than we've had for a long time. Um, we've got a manager. Yes, people might pass off uh, Bernard Jono's managerial record the Salford years almost kind of get forgotten about as if it was this uh, unlimited budget I mean this season Salford's budget is astronomical last yeah. season was it the biggest in the National League North yes was it miles and miles ahead of everyone else no um, but also you've still got to you've still got to do it yeah. you know winning league Eastley were the biggest players in the National League for a couple of seasons they're still in the National League mm. you've got to you've got to do it You've got to win the league. You've got to. You can't just because you're paying fifteen hundred, two thousand, three thousand pounds a week for a player. It means nothing unless you set up in the right way to go to Leamington on a Tuesday night. Mm. You know, you've got to do all that. So, and they've also got a previous rounds bottom. So look, I mean, they're winners, and they brought players who have a winning mentality to the football club, which is the reason why we got rid of so many players from last season because mm. there's a losing mentality in the football club. Players yeah. who've come off the back of relegations and all sorts. Um, so, am I confident that they can turn it round? Yes. Do I know for certain? No. Yeah. Jim, I mean, I know the managers before the before the season. Certainly, I remember Johnny uh, saying that you know he's targeting the the, the playoffs this season, um, in spite of. In spite of Saturday's result, do you still think that's a, a realistic a realistic target? Are you I, I, I probably uh, sort of uh, as a as a fan? I guess that's why I am first and foremost yeah. somebody's fortunate now to work you know, work at the football club. But as a fan, first and foremost, that the last couple of seasons have been incredibly difficult um, because we've lost a lot of football matches. Um, in a lot of those matches, we've not been particularly competitive. Um, in a lot of those matches, the football has been pretty dire. Um, and that becomes uh, soul destroying. Is probably the word <laughs> yeah. to use at times. No. To, to you know, for people, and you can understand why people stop going because it stopped becoming enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think my view on this season, I didn't have any. I sort of didn't set any on a personal level any expectations or targets. I just wanted to see a team that was more competitive, a team that would win some football matches, ideally win more than it loses, uh, and a team that would play with. Sort of passion and energy and the enthusiasm that Chester fans, um, not not necessarily expect, but have a have a right to expect, you know, because that's that's the sort of minimum that you want as a football fan. Um, and I think in the first couple of games we saw that we probably didn't see that at Blythe, and that, that's obviously a concern. Um, but I, I went to Curzon on the Monday night and it was brilliant. Um, yeah, I'd say that was our best performance for two years. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. defensively so resolute, the work rate from the front all the way to the back. Was was I? actually didn't think there was a, a a great deal of quality on the ball, and that may come. That may come as the team develops. But in terms of the work rate and the organisation, that was sort of ticking all the boxes. There was probably three hundred Chester fans there. Great atmosphere. 
you know, people are having a pint on the terraces, not been able to do that for a few years. Um, I think everybody went home feeling really positive after that. Um, then Saturday comes and that's kind of washed away with, with yeah. one one performance, one result. So um, I'm, I'm confident that we'll be in the playoffs. I, I probably couldn't say because it's, it's maybe ask me again in seven or eight games when the league started to settle yeah. down. You see where people are. And I'm a confident this season will be better than the last couple. Yeah, yeah. I think it will be. I don't yeah. think that's hard. And so probably uh, that's probably the sort of minimal expectation. And then let's see where the journey takes us. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just obviously a bit... Um, everyone's hurting at the moment still and um, you know we just need uh, another game to come sooner rather than later hopefully um, that'll be uh, next Tuesday um, against Kidderminster but it'll become clearer in the um, the coming uh, the coming days anyway um, just like to wrap this up now so I'd like to thank um, Dave and Jim um, for their time today um, I'm John McDougall I'm a sports reporter at the Chester Chronicle and hosting it today um, we're going to try and get uh, these becoming more regular over the season now every week so, uh, so there'll be plenty more to come um, over the coming months and um, keep up to date with the uh, latest blues news on the Chester Chronicle website but um, more for us thanks and uh, goodbye